0: Hey, this is Jacob Burgi, lead pastor at Field Church. And I'm so glad you're joining us today to hear this message. You know, I'm reminded that the word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I just believe that as you hear God's word, that your faith is going to grow in every area of your life. Thank you for joining us. And for more information about Field Church, check us out, thefuelchurch.com. Have a great day. Today we conclude our series, and I couldn't lead this series without talking about something that's very important to us here at Fuel Church. It's actually one of our core values. We have 10 core values that we embrace here, 10 core values that really make up our DNA. And uh, we broke those 10 core values down over the summer in our series called Us. And you can hear each core value broke down in a message on our website as well. But we want to talk about The word generosity. Someone say generosity. And if I have a D in the ABCs, we don't have a D on there, but we're going to have a D today. Are you ready? ABCD, it's going to be decide to be generous. Say that with me, church. Decide to be generous. This is actually our third core value. and it goes like this, we will lead the way with irrational generosity. Now, when we think of generosity, we think of it in random terms most of the time. I know I do, such as a tsunami hits and, you know, we're moved to give a donation online or something. We see the Salvation Army bell ringer. Some of you have seen them over the last few days, and we throw in an extra five, an extra ten, or maybe even a hundred we see someone loses their job where that, that we know, and we help, help them out and buy them groceries or help pay one of their bills. We see giving towards the tornado victims, as we've seen recently in our city. And all these are great things to give towards, but I want to talk to you about strategic generosity. Someone say strategic. Come on, church. Strategic generosity. We should have made that coffee extra strong today, Mom. They're already falling asleep up in here. They need to go get some? It's available right now. It's fresh. Mama just made some. (laughs) Strategic generosity. There's actually a term for it in the Bible. Imagine that. There's actually a term for it, and it's called sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. The world calls it karma, right? But the Bible says... That is sowing and reaping. And actually, there are so many scriptures. As I was studying this out the last few months, there are so many scriptures that talk about the principle of sowing and reaping. We're going to hit like maybe nine or ten today, but I mean, I had a whole page full of scriptures that deal with sowing and reaping. Galatians 6-7 is one that most of us are familiar with and kind of describes what we're going to rally around today. It says, do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be fooled. God is not, or God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Can we read that last part? A man or woman reaps what he or she sows. If you sow kindness, guess what? It's going back. If you sow meanness, guess what? If you sow a bad attitude, guess what? Some of you had those at the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, you can't stand your aunt. You wanted to punch her. So you gave her dirty looks. It's coming back. It's coming back. Sowing and reaping. You sow gossip, guess what? People are going to be gossiping about you. Hmm? Whatever you sow is what you reap. We could go on and on about it. We could go on and on. This is a principle found in the Bible and it's connected to every area of our lives, especially our finances. Sowing and reaping today for the sake of our message is anything you give financially beyond the tithe. Last week we talked about the tithe. So let me give you some examples. Some of you have sowed towards Fuel the Vision, and we thank you for that. On December 11th, you're going to hear what we accomplished as a church. We've been working on a presentation for the last few months that is going to be awesome on December 11th to show you where every dollar that you've given to this church this year has went. It's going to be awesome. So you may have given to that. Maybe maybe, uh, you've given to different outreaches throughout the year. Some of you have sown towards those outreaches, missions. You've sown towards missions, and you've enabled us to give out food and and different things throughout the week. Every single week of this year, somebody comes here to get food, and we give it to them. No questions asked. No questions asked. We're not having them fill out an application. We're not asking them what they did with their last dollar. We're not asking them, well, you were probably financially, you you know, just made some bad decisions so we cannot get, no the bible says feed the poor feed the hungry so we're going to do it we're just going to do it and we're going to keep doing it we're going to keep doing it we can't do everything but we will do something amen and you're going to hear about heart for the house here in a little bit you're going to hear about that at the end of this message and so we're talking about sowing and reaping you know i started tithing as a kid and mom and dad taught us this principle of the tithe and. When I was a little kid, I would get birthday money and I would get, you know, money for doing whatever and around the house and um, mom and dad would give me money and, and then when I would get the money, they would say, hey, don't forget, you know, give God his portion. Give out God his portion. So it was, always, it was always ingrained in me as a child. So when I got my first job detasseling corn, how many detassel corn up in here? Come on now, Tifton, Indiana, what's up? I don't know if that was a good move for me. It taught me some bad things out in the cornfields with some bad people. But anyway, it was my first job. And I remember getting that first check. I mean, it was like a, like a big whopping 160 bucks or something like that. I thought that was all the money in the world, man. I'm rich now. I'm rich. And um, I remember taking a portion, the tithe, and giving it back to God. Then I went on to work three years at Cone Palace. Oh, how many love Cone Palace? Come on, shout out to Cone Palace. you never experienced their vanilla Cokes or their deep fried mushrooms or their chili dogs. Is anybody getting hungry? They always get hungry in this church. So I went three years, I was working there with Jessica, I don't know what she's probably teaching, but Jessica and I worked there and had a great time working there and the checks got bigger and it became a little harder to give that 10%, you know what I'm saying? As a teenager, I'm like, 10%? Oh, it was easy when mom and dad were giving me a 5 and a 10 for doing this or that. But now I got these bigger checks coming in, and I I, got to give this 10%. Nonetheless, I knew it was God's, and it belonged to him. I knew it. Now, mind you, during this season, I wasn't really serving God. For those of you who were here, you used to find me back at the soundboard, like these guys (laughs) back here. I'm not saying they're not serving God. They're great guys. They're great guys, but most of the time I was back there running that soundboard. God knows how I ran it. I was high half the time. I was stoned out. I mean, I loved marijuana, guys. I just did, and I smoked a lot of it before church. PK, typical PK. I know. Pray for me. God delivered me. Thank God, and and, and so I would sit back there, and, and, and I, I wasn't serving God, but I knew, man, I got to bring you know, I'm bringing God this time, man. I don't know if it was out of fear or what it was, but God was getting my 10%, right? And so I learned this growing up and I learned it at a young age and I understand some are just now learning this, right? But it was in Bible college that I really learned this principle and that, that was the principle of being strategic in my generosity. The principle of the sowing and reaping that I'm talking about today. And I realized that there was power and that there was potential in sowing and reaping. And for those of you who went to World Harvest, Rachel Gutierrez, where are you at? We got a lot of World Harvest grads in here. Uh, back then, it, you know, when you went to World Harvest, it was like they took those electric shock things that the doctors use. Where's Doctor Matt? And they just kind of put them on your chest and they it shocked the system. You know what I'm saying? It was like a shock. Fireball, Rob parsley was just wild, right? And, uh, but what I learned there right away was this principle of sowing and reaping. And when I heard about it, I was like, wow, this sounds amazing. So I started giving everything away. I remember the one time, I mean, I gave away shoes and clothes and watches and I was giving away my ramen noodles. You know, it's God when the ramen noodles are leaving my dorm room. I mean, come on, somebody, man can't live by bread alone, but by every Raymond noodle that is in your college dorm room. It's a joke, it's a joke. He's taking scripture out of context, Betty, let's leave. <laughs> we'll find another church. Uh, and, and so here I was just giving everything away, and I remember calling mom and dad, They're like, I need, I need some more, I need food, I need a care pack, I need something. I, what'd you do with your food? Would you, I need some clothes, mom, what'd you do? I gave it away. <laughs> I just felt a spirit of generosity come on me and I was giving stuff away. I mean, you remember we had chapel services, right, Matt? And we was just giving everything away to people, just blessing everybody. Just like, whatever, whatever you want, I don't care. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Whatever I have is yours. You know? One guy's trying to give all his clothes away. We're like, no, 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 no. Stay, stay close, sir. That is not God's will uh, for you to give everything away. And 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 you know, my intention for giving wasn't To get anything back, even though, even though I started seeing things come back into my life, I started seeing things come back into my life. Um, You know, I would, I would give something away, and it would all of a sudden start to come back in a greater way. I, I would give a pair of shoes away that I loved, and all of a sudden, someone blessed me with shoes. I would give money away, the little I had off my Aldi's job. Come on, somebody, shout out to Aldi's once again. And I would give that money away, and then all of a sudden a care package would show up that mom would put together, and people would put stuff in it. Tim and Diane would put money in it, and little, little snacks for me. Barbecue Fritos, come on, somebody. If you ever see them in the store, please get them for your pastor. I can't find them anywhere. They stopped making them. Struggle's real. And, and, and so I would get these things back. And then all of a sudden, I would go to church. And I would get the Pentecostal $100 handshake. <laughs> they don't know what that is, Victor. I would get the handshake like this. And all of a sudden, that brother would have a $100 bill and slide it in my hand. And I would look at it. And I would about fall out. $100 to a college student. That was a lot of money. And so, so I started seeing this in my life, like, oh my gosh, every time I give something away, it comes back and it comes back in a greater way. Why wouldn't anybody want to live this life? If this is what this walk is about serving Christ and I'm, I'm fresh out of being back in the soundboard smoking weed. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm just giving my heart to the Lord hundred percent. Now I played church all those years, but now I'm really sold out. And I'm like, why wouldn't anybody want to be a part of this life? Right? I knew that something had taken place in me. It, it, it became almost like a drug to me. It really did. It did. And, and here's what sowing and reaping taught me, real quick. Here's what sowing and reaping taught me. Number one, it taught me to not be attached to things. That things are just things. That this is just a shirt, and these are just a pair of shoes, and you know what? I can get another one. It taught me not to be attached to things. And how our world is polar opposite. Our world says get things and get all you can get, right? And don't give any of it away and be stingy and be greedy and just build your little kingdom, right? And it taught me to not be attached to things. As I was preparing this message, I just jotted these four things down because it really did change me. Number two, it, it taught me that it is better to give than to receive. It taught me that it's better to give than to receive. Jesus talked about that in, in the Bible. Number three, it taught me to be selfless. We are creatures that want to be selfish, right? We are creatures that want to be selfish. After you ate your Thanksgiving pie, come on now, you don't want to get off the couch. You were snug underneath that blanket. Come on, somebody. You were comfortable, but then your son or your daughter said, Mommy, I need this. I need... Oh, go tell your dad. I'm comfortable, <laughs> right? So it, it taught me to be selfless. And number four, it taught me that there was no greater joy than being able to help Someone else in need that when I saw a need that maybe I couldn't solve that whole need and maybe I couldn't 100% take care of that need. But I could do something and the joy that it brought to me being able to help others out is something that's unexplained. Some of you have experienced this in your life. Some of you have and you know what it is to live a lifestyle of sowing and reaping because as you sow, it just comes right back. You're just like, God, you are so... And I'm telling you, it's like a drug. I'm telling you, you get so caught up in it, and you're like, God, you are so good. You are so good to my life. The moment I put the seed in the ground, it it just comes back. It just comes back. It just comes back. So it becomes a lifestyle to you. It really does. And like I said, there are hundreds of scriptures about sowing and reaping. We're going to hear about a few of them here in a second. I want to give you five principles I've learned in sowing seed five principles. Are you ready? Can you hang with me? One, two, three, four, five. Here we go. Number one, sowing and reaping is a law of nature. Every farmer knows this, right? Every farmer knows this, that when you live on a farm, you live off the land. So you're, you're, you're eating what you planted. It's a law of nature. You plant corn. Guess what? What's coming back? Corn. If you have cows and the cows have babies, guess what? It's going to be on your plate in a few months. Come on, somebody. Pigs, you raise pigs, chickens, it's a law of nature. Our world calls it cause and effect. But parents know this law to be true, right? We tell our kids if you talk back, then you're going to hear what you're going to reap if you talk back. Here's what's going to happen. If you talk back, it's a law of nature in our homes too. So sowing and reaping is a law of nature. Point number two, sowing and reaping is a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law. Now listen, we find it throughout the Bible. We find that God gets involved with our seed. He gets involved with it. Galatians 6, 7, we read it. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Now here's another translation. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. What this scripture means is this, that God is true and trustworthy, and he will honor us when we sow. There's only one time that this scripture isn't true. You know when? When you don't sow. When you don't sow. If you never plant... You'll never have to worry about a harvest. Now, this is every area of our lives, guys. We're we're zeroing in on finances, but this is every area of our lives. So you can apply these principles to every area. Some of you don't have any friends because you never make yourself friendly. Some of you are the grumpiest person at work, and yet you got the fuel sticker on your car. And people won't come to this church because you're too grumpy. You're laughing, but it's true. Some of you hold on to your money like it's defining your life. It's true. And so you never reap. You never reap the blessing of sowing and reaping. Is this okay today? Number three, we reap in kind to what we sow. Talking about it. We reap in kind to what we sow. If you don't like your harvest... Change what you're sowing. If you don't like your friends, <laughs> get some new friends. If you don't like your bank account, uh, change some spending habits. You ever thought about that? That maybe I can't have Starbucks six times a week? I know for me, I can't. I love those gift cards you guys gave me for Pastor's Appreciation Day. had $140 worth on my little card. Praise God. It's dwindling down, but I've been enjoying those Starbucks. Thank you very much for those of you who blessed your pastor with much caffeine. Hmm? You don't like your harvest change what you're sowing. Here's the thing. We reap in kind of what we sow. If you sow apple seeds, you don't get oranges. Okay? If you sow an orange seed, then what are you going to reap, Church? Oranges, We're going to reap oranges. The Bible speaks of this in Galatians 6.8. Whoever sows to please their flesh. Someone say flesh. From the flesh will reap destruction. Is God bringing the destruction? Or am I bringing the destruction? Hmm. Is the devil bringing the destruction? Oh, the devil's not doing it? Why do we blame the devil and God for all of our all the bad things in our life when we bring it on ourselves. Oh, I do it. I do it. Oh, the devil did this. No, no. Foolish decisions did this. Foolish spending put you in, you know, credit card debt. Foolish choices caused you to cheat. Foolish choices. The devil didn't do it. If you sow the flesh, you reap the flesh. Take responsibility for your choices. People say, "I want to change my money." I want to change. Some people came up. I want to change it. I want to change it. But then they're out buying all this stuff. No, you don't want to change. You don't want to change. Don't tell me you want to change your financial situation. Well, you out Black Friday spending all kinds of money, huh? You just went into more debt, but it was on sale. I know it was on sale. I hear it every week in my house. Praise God. What if you sow to the flesh? You'll reap to the flesh, and you will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit, wow, check this, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Sowing financially is a spiritual act. Every time we come up here, what did Tara and I say? It's time to worship God with our giving. It's a spiritual act. Just as we got out of a spiritual act of lifting our hands, to a God we believe in, to a God that has changed our life. We don't see him. Do you see him with your naked eye? No, I don't see him, but I know he's real because he's changed me. I know he's real because he's restored me. I know he's real because he's delivered me, and I can't help but to give him a worship, and I can't help but to believe that God (laughs) inhabits the praises of his people, that when praise goes up, blessings come down. And no matter what I feel like, I'm here, To give my praise on i'm here to worship my god david said i was glad when they said unto me let us go to the house of the lord he said i'm going to make a choice to rejoice in god's house no matter what's going on i'm going to worship my god and the bible says in this scripture that when we give it's a spiritual act when we give it's a spiritual act god established it who established giving god did it wasn't some pastor came up with a great idea It wasn't some theologian way back. No, it was God that established this principle. It was God. Hmm. Number four, we reap proportionally to what we sow. This all right today? Every farmer knows that the more seed I put in the ground, the more harvest I can expect the more harvest I can expect, the more harvest. Second Corinthians 9, 6, again, another sowing scripture. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Friends, we will always reap more than we sow. One seed, someone say one seed. One seed has the potential to multiply. One seed. If you take one watermelon seed, I looked this up. One watermelon seed, you plant it in the ground, it has the potential to produce 350 other watermelon seeds. 350. One seed, 350. I've learned this in life, that I cannot be mad at the harvest I received Due to the lack of seed I've sown. I was waiting to say that all week. I cannot be mad. I cannot be upset with the harvest that's in my life. Whether it be financially. Whether it be socially, mentally. Whether it be my joy, my peace. I cannot be mad at the harvest that I received due to the lack of seed I've sown. If I don't like my harvest, I must change the seed I'm sowing. I must change the seed I'm sowing. Not, not, not God's got to change. I got to change. I, I, I have to act different. I have to change my bad attitude. I have to stop gossiping about others. I, I have to do it. It's on me. I got to own it. Have you ever gotten to a place where you, you looked yourself in the mirror and you said, man, it's time for me to own up to this. I've been playing around too long. I've been lying to myself too long. It's time that I own up to it. Huh? I own it. I got to say, no, no, this responsibility is me. This responsibility in my life for the future of my life weighs on my shoulders. It weighs on me. And, 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 and so... We cannot complain the harvest we're walking in due to the lack of seed we've sown. Number five, number five. There is always a distance between seed and harvest. The Bible calls it seed, time, harvest. Plant the seed, you have some time, and then the harvest. We want to sow and then reap in the same day. But the big idea in God's word is that there is power in the seed. Someone say there's power in the seed. You see, the farmer must take this seed and he must plant it in the soil, good soil, right? The farmer would be foolish to take that seed and say, man, I'm just going to set this on my dresser. I'm going to watch it all summer, spring, summer, into fall. I'm going to watch this seed. I'm going to set it. Or I'm going to take this seed and I'm just going uh, to put it in my pocket, right? I'm going to put it in my pocket. He, he can't expect to receive anything if he doesn't plant it? Or what if he said, you know what? This is such a beautiful seed. I love the shape of it. I love the color of it. I'm actually going to get a frame, and I'm going to frame it and put it on my wall. How many know it does no good? That seed does nothing unless it's planted. So the farmer knows he must take that seed, and he must find good soil. And he knows that he's got to plant it. And he knows that it's going to take some time. Someone say time. It's going to take time for it to grow. And so he waters it. He protects it. And then he waits for the harvest. He waits. There's no thought in his mind if the harvest is coming or not. He knows it's coming. He knows knows there's an appointed time. And we're going to get the combines out and we're going to go reap the harvest. And off of one seed, will produce multiple stalks of corn, multiple beans off of one seed. And so he knows that there's a time period. You see, the seed always has potential to multiply. The seed will always bring a harvest. The farmer knows this, but he knows he must plant the seed. And for us, many times, the problem is we eat our seed, we wear our seed, and we spend our seed. Some people got off the train on that. We consume our seed, okay? And God wants us to live a good life, right? Amen. He wants us to be blessed. I'm all about that. But he also wants us to tap into this principle. And when you tap into it, you say, Jacob, I just don't understand all this. This is just crazy. Like, this is really in the Bible. Yes, it is in the Bible. But I don't understand how it works. Listen, there are a lot of things in this book I don't understand, and that's why it's called faith. It's called faith. It's called, it's called we believe it because God's word says it. Faith is calling those things that be not as though they were. Faith is the substance of things for, the evidence of things not seen. You have faith today that that chair is going to hold you up. That's why you sat down. But why can't we have faith to plant a seed to believe God will bring the harvest? But you have more faith in something that's made out of Material and steal, and then we do a God who created all of us. So he lays out the principles of seed, time, and harvest. Last scripture, and then we're going to wrap it up. 2 Corinthians 9, 10. And God, who supplies seed for who? And bread to eat will also supply you with all the seed you need. And we'll make it grow and produce a rich harvest from your generosity. Notice this. You have to be a sower to get the seed. You don't sow, you don't get the seed. When it comes to sowing and reaping, you must believe God is your source. You must sow a seed, and you must look to God for the harvest. You must look to God for the harvest, not man. You must look to God for the harvest. Either it works or it doesn't. I've seen it work in my life. I've given away vans. I've seen it come back. I moved to New Jersey and someone blessed us with a whole new kitchen set, all new stainless steel package. I've seen the power of it. No, 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 I'm not not planting a seed because God, you better give this to me or else. No, I'm planting because it's a law. It's a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law. I know I'm receiving something back. And at times I'll attach a need to that seed. If I'm believing for a healing or a breakthrough, if I'm believing for something to take place in my marriage or my kids, I'll say, God, I'm, I'm gonna water this seed in faith. What is, what is our watering process? It's called prayer, it's called standing in faith. For that time, seed, time. Okay, God, I thank you for the harvest. I thank you you're restoring my marriage. I thank you you're restoring my kids. I thank you you're turning things around in my finances. I thank you that this will be the greatest year I've ever seen in my life. I thank you that the best is yet to come and the worst is over. Oh, come on now. Some of you need to say that. The best is yet to come and the worst is over. You need to say it with your mouth. The best is yet to come and the worst is over. You need to learn to change your confession. And start watering that seed. Watering it with the word of God. Watering it with a positive confession. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in my life. Houses. That I shouldn't be living in. (laughs) I've seen it. Time after time after time. God has supplied. He's done exceedingly. Abundantly. Above all that I could ask or think. He'll do it. He'll do it in your life. He'll do it in your life. I said, He'll do it. He'll do it if you believe it. If you believe it, He'll do it. Just ask a lot of people in this house who've lived by this principle. It's changed them. It's changed them. It's changed them. I'm telling you, it's changed my life. I don't hold things so tightly. There's times when someone says, Hey, man, I like your watch. I've given away so many watches. Now, don't come up to me and tell me you like my watch just to, because you want to get my watch. I've given away so many pairs of shoes, and that's why I have about 70 pairs in my closet right now. It works! I got more than my wife. Praise God. God is good. Windows of heaven are open with shoes. I, it, it, it just happens. I, I, don't, I hold things loosely. What is this stuff? It's stuff. It's stuff. Who cares about it? It's all going to burn one day. This building is going to be gone. Your car is going to be, your house that you're working your finger to the bone to get and redo and get a bigger house to keep up with the Joneses and get a bigger wardrobe to keep up with people at your job. It's all going to be gone. The only thing that's going to be left is the people. That you've invested into eternally, the people that you've invited and got saved at fuel church, the people that you're about to bring out to Christmas Eve service that are gonna be changed for all of eternity. Everything else is gonna be gone. The only thing that matters is what we do for Christ. Some of you have a hard time clapping on that because you're holding on to things to bring forth your identity, your job is your identity, your new car is your identity. It's not Christ, but when Christ is all you have, Christ is all you need. You see, you see, you don't have to be rich. You don't have to have a six-figure bracket in order to be generous. It comes from the heart. I know people that have little. I know people that have nothing hardly in this church, and they outgive some of you that got a whole lot more because they, they've tapped into what sowing and reaping is. They know it. They've lived it. They've seen it produce in their life. Stand with me. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional, and and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer, and I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved, and I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision, but just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me in Jesus name it's simple as that and I encourage you find a good local church if if you can get to Fuel Church get here God is moving God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time God bless you have a great week